Gentlemen, start your engine. Booster, go. Retro, go. Vital, we're go fly. Guidance, guidance, go. Atomic batteries to power. Surgeon, go fly. Econ, we're go fly. GNC, we're go. Delmu, go. Control, go fly. Procedures, go. Inco, go. FAO, we are go. I'm completely operational and all my circuits are functioning perfectly. Network, go. Recovery. Go! Capcom. We're go fly. Time circuit's on. Flux capacitor. Fluxing. Engine running. Launch control. This is Houston. We are go for launch. Very bad feeling about this. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Launch the point! 21 gigawatts! Engage. Have fun storming the castle! A the show you never knew you were missing. Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Hey guys, this is Timothy Harvey with Sci-Fi For Me and Horror For Me. And we are here uh, live in the bunker, which is, well, we haven't done live in the bunker in a really long time. Um, but this is this is live in the bunker mark two, where we actually are interviewing um, genre creators and actors and amazing talented folks. And um, we are very lucky today to be talking to... Uh, uh, Michael Shavs. He is the writer-director of the film The Maiden, and a uh, uh, short horror film shot in L.A. Very, very uh, interesting, very, very disturbing, and a film that we are promoting over at HorrorForMe.com. First of all, again, thank you very much for talking to us. We really appreciate it, and uh, uh, quite enjoyed it. Um, I was Yeah, with- thank you guys. I totally appreciate you taking the time. I, uh, I really appreciate you getting the word out. So Michael Shavs, and, and of course I'm Timothy Harvey, and uh, or Tim or Timothy, either one is fine. Um, and uh, the first thing I basically want to say about this is, in watching The Maiden, the uh, uh, the I and I immediately thought of every horror film I've ever seen, where of course somebody uh, moves into the murder house, and you know nobody told them, of course, or they did tell them, and they didn't care. And it just—you never think about the fact that somebody had to actually clean up the, the house to sell it to somebody. Yeah. And it was just like, well, yeah. There's got to be a whole industry of people who are completely unflappable, and you know, we'll take the the very scary whatever is in in the house and just roll with it. So they're gonna, they are gonna get that floor clean, or <laughs> just the. Uh, uh, it's such an ordinary thing. Um, that you just don't think about it, and yet it was. It, I just it was like, well, of course that would, that makes perfect sense, and it's kind of terrifying. Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, I mean that's what I that's what I was thinking is. Um, I mean, I love love horror films, and I love haunted house uh, stories and movies. Um, and I was just you know I was dying to do one, um, but I just wanted to come at it from a different angle. I didn't know what that was, and um, <laughs> you know I was just jot notes in my iPhone. And, uh, you know, whenever I have a crazy story idea or stupid story idea, I just drop, jot it in there. And then um, that was one of them. And it was just real estate agent sells a haunted house. And I just kept on coming back to it because I was like, I just, I love that idea. And it was just, it's basically just winding the clock back from, you know, the beginning of the movie, it's always, you know, family moves in or the, you know, the keys are handed over. And I just thought, well, that's a great ending. And, how do we get to that point? And how do we get to, you know, obviously real estate agents absolutely know the properties that they're selling. You know, they mm-hmm. spend a lot of time there. So 
you know, if, if an agent is going to sell that that property, they have to be a pretty terrible person. <laughs> I mean, they have to be a really bad guy. And then I thought, well, you know, a lot of people who do bad things are, you know, a lot of times just pushed into it or, you know, you know, forced into it. And I thought that that's a really fun situation. That's a fun character to, to play. Well, yeah, she never, she, never, she never really struck me as being someone who was actively malicious herself. I mean, she's, she, you know, the the ending of the film, you know, makes it seem very much like she, she does care. She's not, she's not a monster herself, but at the same time, she's going to get the job done. Um, you know, that, that commission is probably, you know, if, well, I, I have friends in real estate. That commission is sometimes how you're going to live. Um, so, yeah, I just... She didn't strike me at all as being somebody who would be. Uh, you know, she ended up being sympathetic and not immediately thinking of a villain. I think you could certainly make a film uh, where you paint that person as the bad guy, but that uh, uh, just it, it. I thought it was a really interesting way to, yeah, definitely to uh, to to get to to tell an ending we hadn't seen before. Oh well, thanks. That's uh, and that is definitely the intention. You know, I, you know, this was really uh intended to be a proof of concept of um you know a longer version i uh you know i'm working right now on a way to make this into a uh, into a feature and you know my goal with it is to really go on that journey and just you know really expand it and really create a character who is just pushed to these extremes and i think that you know as the house starts to reveal itself and then you know things get more and more the intense and you know her uh Things get ratcheted up. It just becomes a, more and more of a desperate situation until she really has no other option. And I, I just always think that that's, you know, fun. Those are fun stories. I like people pushed into uh, the extreme situations. Well, yeah, I think that uh, you. That's often a lot of times much more interesting than someone who's just automatically, you know, this is the hero, this is the villain, and, and not a lot of gray areas there. The gray, the grays are the fun places to play. Yeah. Right. I poked around on your uh, your website looking at some of your your commercial work um, because you know you got to go poke around on people's websites. Uh, the Seven Saturdays one, by the way, really interesting. Oh, thanks so much. I love the vision. It's it's such an interesting uh, you know something that would realistically be like a bloodbath, but it's so stylized and it's almost pretty. Um, and I think I think that's, I, I was really really like that. Oh, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate that. That's. Uh... That was really close to my heart. I, um, <laughs> you know what's so funny that you called that out is um, I actually made that. I have uh, I have two uh, two kids, and uh, you know my daughter is two two right now. And I literally days after I released the maiden, I had my son Jack, and um, you know I made the uh, I made Seven Saturdays. Um, that was for a friend's band, and you know I came up with the idea and I came up with everything. Um, you know, basically like a month after I had, I had my daughter and mm-hmm. it was, you know, when you have a kid, it's such this, and of course she's healthy, everything's fine. You know, it's, <laughs> don't get any, uh, nothing happened to her. Like, unfortunately the story of the seven Saturdays, but you know, it's such, you know, when you have a kid, you're so emotionally charged. Mm-hmm. And, you know, also even when you're assembling kids toys, if you read any of the instructions, like the first five pages are all about, like, suffocation and death and right. like, all of these, like, horrible, <laughs> horrible things. And so your mind is always, like, on edge. You're thinking, like, oh, my God, this is the worst thing is going to happen. And, you know, I kind of, like, was trying to, you know, channel that and, like, you know, you know come to some resolution of that. Um, 
and uh, that was kind of the the exploration there. Um, so, uh, and it's just funny because you know that was like right, you know, coincided with the birth of um, uh, you know my my daughter, and then this one, the the release of this. Well, of course, I was making it while my wife was pregnant, and then you know the release of it timed with the uh, the, the birth of my son, which. Uh, just funny you, you call those two out. You uh, obviously saw a, uh, a familiar thread. Well, I, yeah, and one of the things I really noticed about the maiden is that it is for for. I mean, there's certainly violence in it, but it's there's an interesting. You know, there's a, there's that that different feelings of horror films. Of course, you've got the stuff that is very, it's, you know, very gory. It's the torture porn kind of stuff. It's the, and then there's something to be said for that sort of stuff. I, you know, the effects work is often really, really cool. And you're going, wow, that's a great, you know, torso or whatever. Um, you know, awesome leg severing. But um, there's also, there's, you know, more the suspense, more the tension, um, the sudden moments of violence that are often over very, very quickly. Um, and of course the maiden has much more of the, you know, the tension and I mean, um, I, I, I don't think there's, there's not any blood in there at all. Is there? I mean, I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah, there's actually anything. a quick shot. There's a quick shot of a bathtub. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, that's the... kind of been drained with blood. Yeah. I, um, and I wasn't, and honestly, I wasn't sure if that was the case. Cause that I saw, you know, it has that, that pinkish feel and I thought it, it could go either way and it didn't even occur to me and, um, uh, to think of that when I, when I just said that, but yeah. Okay. It's funny. I totally agree with you. I really do love the artistry of those, those films that, you know, are very gory. And, in, you know, as a film nerd, I really get a kick out of it. And, you know, um, uh, it is kind of interesting to see, you know, the, the artistry in it, but, you know, with this, I just thought, I don't know, after having kids, I just thought that, you know, I wanted to show a lot of restraint with mm-hmm. it. I think that, you know, you can still make it, you know, as you see, it's not like, I want to do all that, but then, you know, show a little restraint when it comes to the, the blood. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think that works That works really well for a lot of different... One of the things that we talk about here a lot is that a lot of the folks who write with us do have very, very different tastes in horror. They, you know, I'm actually not a huge given given the choice. I'm I'm not much of a huge gore person. I don't mind it, but um, I'm much more of the suspense thriller kind of tension. Uh, well, okay, the first the first Halloween film is my benchmark for all horror films. That's just that was really the first horror film I ever remember. Nice. And of course, that's that's the one where you know there's very little actual real violence in that movie. There's a whole lot of tension and you know fear of violence in that movie. And uh, so that is that actually speaks to me as a as a viewer, and also um, interestingly enough, I made a I made a horror short um, actually of I've made two horror shorts, and in a town which is very much when I when I moved here in two thousand and five, this was the horror short capital of everywhere because nobody had any money, and plenty of people had fake blood and a knife and and an actress who would run, um, and. Uh, I made a film called Property a few years back about a realtor showing a old apartment building to uh, uh, four people who are not going to leave the building in the end Um, and used my own apartment building and the the creepy basement that that had. So I'm watching this going, um, okay, there were parts of this film I actually tried to do 
and didn't make work the way I wanted to. So <laughs> you had a much better <laughs> you had a much better location than I did. Uh, that is a beautiful house. Um, oh, thanks. You know, I actually called out the architect in the film, mm-hmm. which maybe, maybe I shouldn't have. But um, you know, same architect. He's you know, it's in Los Angeles, and it's actually the same architect who built um, City Hall. Oh, okay. Which is you know, <laughs> excuse me really iconic L.A. building, and then also the, um, he also built uh, the observatory. So, mm-hmm. like, oh, wow. really big, classic L.A. buildings. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, one of the few homes that he built in uh, in L.A. And, you know, the poor house is uh, really kind of falling apart, as you can see. Um, and it's not in the best of areas. It's still central, but it's, uh, you know, it's kind of in a rough neighborhood, and um, I mean, honestly, everything about it is just so incredibly perfect for this. And it just kind of tells the story of, you know, it, it feels like a displaced property. You, mm-hmm. you see this and you just, you know, it's from another time and you know, it's, um, you know, the uh, history is kind of, you know, the times moved on. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's, it's, it's got that feeling that you get from some locations that they become a character in themselves. Um, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, there's there's something, and there's something about walking up an old set of creaky stairs into a multi-level building where everything's made of wood that is very unnerving. <laughs> there's something about that old architecture that just works for that. Is, are, would you are you going to be able to use that for the feature, or it's um, <laughs> you, you know, maybe I don't know. I'm, right now, I'm trying to. Um, well, I have kind of my list of plan A, B, C, D, mm-hmm. all the way through Z, <laughs> and Z Z probably involves me shooting it on an iPhone. Yeah, um, the feature, <laughs> and uh, you know, plan A would uh, would be um, I don't know, probably like a one in a million lottery uh, winning situation. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I have a couple of different ideas. You know, it would be cool to shoot it there. It'd be cool to shoot it in L.A. I think that there's also, you know, there's other states that have, um, you know, a lot of those type of houses. And, right. you, you know, the one thing with, uh, with that house is it has been really thoroughly shot. Mm. Um, and so, you know, it's in a lot of random music videos and it's a frat house and, you know, a movie or it's a, you know, it plays all these different things. And, you know, I think that there's something really great about discovering something. Oh, and, yeah. you know, that's, I would love to just go to honestly anywhere in the U.S. and just find a house that it, it's the first time you're seeing it and it has so much character. And um, it really, you know, the house in the story is is named the maiden and so you know this kind of dark kind of dark mother character and then the name of the house also um you know they kind of share this have they have a shared dark history and i want it to when you see the house whatever house that is i want it to really it's a house you can name i think that's the most important thing there's probably a whole bunch of different architectural styles it could be but it needs to have the personality and the the strength um of design and just uniqueness to be uh, to be named something. Well, of course, in the in the interests of purely bringing work to this town, uh, I'd just like to point out that we have a film commissioner here, and uh, we just passed some city incentives, just so you know. 
Seriously, I would love to. I mean, and like, there's so many great houses in there. And I, I like, I remember driving around. I was doing a shoot for NASCAR, and it was actually, I don't know if it's on my site anymore. It might be on my Vimeo site, but um, we shot at, uh, you know, the Wade Brothers, the photographers? Yeah. Yeah, so we shot it at their studio. And um, they are great guys. They're super talented, amazing photographers, and they were very generous to, to have us there. Um, but, you know, driving around, uh, there was so I didn't even have the intention of doing a haunted house uh, story back then, but I was like, these houses are insanely awesome. They have so much character, <laughs> and I just feel like they there's easily something that could be shot here. Um, well, yeah, and, I mean, I, I think I would be lucky to to, to do that. I will definitely say that, of course, from on the filmmaking community here, they will they will tell you, and they will they will fight the world to let people know that. Uh, uh, we pretty much think we can shoot just about anything here because uh, of the mix of architecture and, and uh, landscape. And it's a very interesting town for doing things that you wouldn't necessarily think of. Um, and, of course, you know, now that now that the, the Royals are winning, people pay attention to our town for, for a change. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, no, you don't have to tell me. I mean, honestly, I was so impressed with the, uh, you know, because I worked there two times. You know, once I think it was... Uh, AT&T job, and the other one was uh, NASCAR. But, you know, both times, just the crews were awesome. They were top-notch, and it was just really, uh, it was really a great experience. Well, then, definitely consider this the official, you know, come talk to Steph Scuppum, <laughs> the film commission of <laughs> Kansas City. No, um, but, so, if you are, um, what, uh, when you're looking at doing it, turning it into a feature, um, now, I know folks who have done a lot of shorts and, and transferred stuff over to features. Um, I've made a feature that no one will ever see because it's terrible. Um, and uh, a lot of times you, want, of course, want to bring, bring along the cast and crew that you had. Um, and because looking at and, and reading what, of course, what you read on, on about the Maiden, you know, of course, this was very much a friends and family kind of operation, um, which uh, I would definitely love the fact that your mother wanted to do craft services. <laughs> um, she is committed. She's my biggest supporter. Well, next to my wife, uh, <laughs> and probably takes the cake of that. She has to put up with me on a daily basis. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, um, I mean, yeah, I would love to bring everybody back. I mean, it was such a great experience, and I mean, it was like, you know, we only shot for two days, but um, you know, there's a lot of prep going into it, and it was just a really great team. And you know, I was really lucky to to be working with those guys, and you know. A lot of the crew, it's, you know, guys that I've known for a long time or, you know, we work on commercials together. You know, the cast was, um, we just, it was a SAG short film, so we cast it just in the, you know, as you would traditionally cast anything. And um, and the best people got the job, and they, they are such awesome actors. Um, you know, both, you know, Aaliyah and Penny and, uh, and everybody was just, they were really uh, such talented uh, performers. Um, I mean, I would love to bring them, uh, I'd love to just get the band back together and get a longer <laughs> version of it. Well, we were, of course, we, we were looking at this and, and saw that Tristan has quite the family pedigree for, for carrying on a tradition of, of being behind a camera. We were looking at, at Tristan's family, uh, and the amount, the generations behind the camera there, um, cause one of the things that we really know, really liked was just, there's a visual texture to the film. That yeah, especially especially with you using natural lighting, and that's 
it, I think it, it, it's very, very effective. Um, and it has a very, very nice quality to it that, mm, you know, it's, it's that, it's that odd mixture of, it's some ways it's quite a, quite lovely horror film. Um, and I think that actually the contrast is actually pretty effective. Yeah, you know, um, uh, thanks so much. Tristan is, uh, I consider him one of my my longest, bestest friends. He is one of the t- most talented DP cinematographers that you'll ever meet. The guy has just got a natural sense of cinema. And he, um, you're talking about his pedigree when his uh, phone broke up. And yeah, his uh, his grandfather directed the uh, the original thing. Yeah. And, um, it's uh, and it's funny because Howard Hawks gets credit for that, but he was just a producer on it. And um, but you know before that he was actually Howard Hawks's editor, and you know so he totally um, and you know his uncle's uh, uh, you know just an awesome uh, TV director, and he's given us you know lots of uh, you know mentorship you know over the years, and um, so yeah, he definitely uh, he definitely comes from that. But yeah, I think that you know. Tristan just brought a great aesthetic to it. You know, we, we talked about, we had a bunch of different references and, you know, we, we were actually, you know, talking about, you know, horror through all the, the different decades and, um, you know, just filmmaking through the different decades. Mm-hmm. And it's just funny how you were referencing, you know, Halloween. And one of the things we were referencing was like the exorcist and how, you know, there was this great aesthetic, um, of that time mm-hmm. that, there was just a sense of naturalism and, you know, you saw like there was a lot of handheld work and there was, you know, camera flares and just, you know, there was a rawness and it, I think it just centered around, it felt more authentic. I think that the filmmakers of that time, um, made films that were just, they were, they were more real, they were more authentic. And I, I think that that was something that we really, and I think that it's swinging back there. I think the trends are swinging back there. I think in the nineties was probably the polar opposite of very manicured artificial imagery. And I think that what's great is we're kind of, you know, there's a resurgence of that more, I mean, I call it traditional, but I I feel like it's just more authentic filmmaking and more naturalistic filmmaking. And honestly, I think that that works so well for honestly all genres, but especially horror because you really need to ground people in, believing what's happening mm-hmm. and I, I think it I think it worked really well I can't see say enough great things about uh Tristan and this team no I I think it really does give it a sense of of there's there's not a disconnect between the the, the viewer and the environment that they're watching I think that I'm 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 not a found footage fan um but it almost feels like a lot of found footage. They tried to do. They tried to go so far away from the from the structured studio kind of lot, um, highly controlled environment to something that was you know to almost try and go back to that sense, but going too far, um, because it's it it all become it became an artificial thing in itself. Um, yeah, exactly. And there's and there's something about the like, visual texture of it that actually has a feel that it. It's a film. I think it's a film that's going to age well visually. You know how some films just don't. They don't have their. You can very much say that is a '90s movie, or that's a '70s movie, or that's a you know, you know that film was made in 2012. Because um, <laughs> they've got that that very distinct feel that is of that time, um, and the the natural light and the 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 pace of the edit. Because I 
I like I love the way the fact the film just unfolds. It doesn't you don't ever feel pushed. Um, the, the, there's a build. I mean, obviously the tension builds, but it doesn't feel like you're being pushed along as much as the story is accelerating. If that makes any sense. Um, but I think it's it's got that kind of thing that's actually going to age well. Um, oh well, thanks so much. Yeah, that was the that was the goal. I think that I mean I do love a lot of found footage horror films, and I'm I'm always surprised how I'm just sucked into them. Um, I'm in the minority aware of this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is it is funny because you know I do all like from the outset I'm like ah another found footage horror film, but they always work. I don't know why, <laughs> but they always suck in the end. I mean, I'm a sucker for all of that. I, uh, there you I'm go. A security cat at, at heart. Thank you very much for talking to us. We really appreciate it. We want to see and hear more about the stuff you're doing. So by all means, keep us in the loop. And... Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate you guys taking the time and just getting it out there. You know, honestly, it makes a huge difference. Oh, well, we are happy to. And thank you, folks, for listening. Again, we had Michael Shavs, the director of, uh, writer and director of The Maiden. Uh, the website, if you actually want to see the film, you can go to the-maiden.com. Or actually, if you just hit type The Maiden into, into a Google search, you'll find a lot of different places uh, where it's out there. It's a, I highly recommend watching this film. It's a very excellent horror film. If, if horror is your thing, then you probably enjoy it quite a bit. And we look forward to hearing more about the feature as that develops. You can find, oh goodness, us all over the place. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Pinterest and Tumblr and Google Plus and YouTube if you type in Sci-Fi For Me. Um, you can also find us uh, Horror For Me in a lot of different places as well, although pretty much Facebook and Twitter and, and HorrorForMe.com. Um, you can also find us on Twitch for video game news and Sci-Fi For Me Radio, where we do a lot of our podcasts, uh, things like this, like H2O, uh, Sci-Fi For Chicks, lots of different stuff. Or Zompocalypse Now, where we talk about things undead. And uh, so podcast.com, of course, you can find us on iTunes as well. Uh, again, Michael Shabs, thank you. I'm Timothy Harvey, and thanks for listening. This has been a presentation of HorrorForMe.com. Copyright 2016 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. <laughs>